Well, hello everyone. I'm Reverend Carla. Welcome to Spirituality Matters. Let's settle in and find that sacred space between here where I am and there where you are. And let us be reminded that the Holy transcends our time together. And our time here is just as meaningful and sacred as if we were sitting beside one another. Okay, let's get started. Today's podcast is titled, I Won't Back Down. That's the name of the blog this week. You can find that at RevCarla.com. This is inspired by pushback. And pushback can mean a lot of things. But in this context, I'm talking about the pushback that I am receiving on the social media platforms that are related to my ministry. Now, some of it comes in the form of those who just flat out oppose what we're doing. And they are not only opposed to it, they are blatantly offended by it. And their goals are pretty straightforward. You'll see, and this happens to a lot of creators, you'll see people who will just try to hijack the platform. And what that looks like is I've had, there's been several occasions where one person will literally comment hundreds of times on one video. You look, when you, when you see it, you think, does this person have a life? How did they find the time to do this? Well, first of all, that's really not ethical, no matter what you're trying to do, because what you're doing is hijacking my content, my platform for your personal gain. So if you feel that passionate about it, build your own platform, do the work, but you're not going to hijack someone else's work and creation and platform and try to try to create your own content over it. So those always get deleted, but it's amazing how many times that happens. The other kind of uh, pushback that I'll get often is the person who will try to intimidate me. And that's through the smackdown of scripture, uh, insulting my intelligence or something like that, where they're talking about that I am not experienced enough in my field of ministry to talk about it. And a you know, apparently they're sitting in the pulpit listening to ministers for years has made them more qualified. I don't know. But anyway, you'll have that kind of person who will want to challenge me in that way. And then you'll have the person who will just flat out insult you, whether or not it's my age, my gender, uh, my character, whatever it is, they're going to go really low ball and try to insult you. And those people just get blocked. But, if, you know, those are really the kind of buckets that most of these people fit in. And a lot of times, if it's especially if it's the first person who's hijacking, I'll immediately talk to them and say, no, that's not going to happen. The second one is um, not allowing them to intimidate me in any way, shape or form. And of course the insulting people just get blocked, but sometimes their content, what they're saying is a teaching moment. So instead of just deleting it or ignoring it or blocking it, I will use it as a platform to respond to them in a constructive way. Not that I'm worried at all about changing their minds. What I'm trying to do is use that comment so that I can then turn it to the followers and show them, here's a teaching moment. Here's a way that you could look at perhaps responding to people or why this doesn't intimidate me. Because I remember times, and we'll sh I'll share a little bit about that in a little bit, about how some of those comments used to silence me, used to intimidate me. But the, before it all, before we go any further in this, the one thing I want to say to anybody is stop attempting to gatekeep my voice. 
my platform. Stop attempting to do that. No one is going to come onto any of our social media, any of our websites, any of our DMs, any of our emails and say that you're going to tell us what we can and can't say what our content is or isn't going to be, but it's amazing how many people think that they can say that. Now, like I said, admittedly, these comments used to get to me five or six years ago. And this was, a you know, I've been doing this at least six years. I, I don't remember the exact date when I started, but there was a time when I would spend the vast majority of my time on social media, I would actually engage with them over explaining and defending myself. And I was doing that to people who were never going to see me any other way than what they already saw me. And that was as a heretic. That's what they saw me. So why was I engaging with them? My over explaining, my defending myself, that was a reflection of my not believing in myself. It was more about me and the, some inner work that I still had to work on. So even though I was unchurched and I, I was still being indoctrinated into that belief system. I had already decided to, to the spiritual, but not religious path was, was for me, but here I was going right back into familiar patterns with a system that I, I had rejected years ago, but I was going right back into comfortable patterns of defending myself, exhausting myself to do that. I even found myself arguing with people about me being a woman minister, and I had left that belief system a long, long time ago because I supported women ministers in the early 90s, even when we were still in church. But here I was defending myself, trying to come up with scriptures and examples and all this stuff, and I knew I wasn't going to get anywhere, but I was right back into this habit of just being in constant turmoil with people who were in church. But there was a gift there for me because sometimes you need to have those experiences to be able to see what soul work or shadow work remains for you. Now, I'm not going to go too much on a detour here to talk about shadow work because we have talked about it before. But what it is, shadow work is just an invitation to look at the side of us that doesn't get too much light, but it very much controls us. We all have it. We can't live without it. In order for to us accept the qualities of, about ourselves that we show the world, we have to accept the things about us that might not get out of the light into the light very often, but it's very much a part of who we are. And if we don't admit it, it controls us more than what we actually aware of. So there's a little bit of elements of self-aware. There's a lot of spiritual components that are related to the shadow work, because if we're doing our soul work right, if we're doing our spirituality correctly, then we are visiting our shadow. We're not afraid of it. We know that, that it teaches us something just like the earth wisdom teaches us. If we are connected to creation, to dark and light, sunlight, moonlight, all of it is needed. We, we need light for restoration, for rejuvenation, for life. We need darkness for rest. It, it signifies our contemplation. It signifies our deep, deep, deep introspective soul work. So how often do we visit that, that shadow work? That was a time for me to dive in and figure out the parts of me that were responding, over-responding to the people who were attacking me at that time. 
Now back to this journey, realizing that I wasn't here to change anyone's mind was what came out of that shadow work. I realized like, wait a minute, why am I talking to them? I'm not here to serve that which I left. I am here to help people heal from the same type of religious trauma that I had experienced. I am here to help people stand in their authenticity. I am here to help people discover a spiritual but not religious path. And none of that required my defending myself. But what it did require is that I, I knew I had to create boundaries and I knew I had to be able to use my voice to create those boundaries, not only for me, but to be able to create, create what we call a safe and sacred space for those who are coming into uh, this ministry that we can serve. So you'll hear, hear us say that often, especially when we go into live streams. And sometimes you might have people who will want to come in and troll you. And that can be a distraction. I have gone into some live streams where all the people are doing is, is engaging with the negative comments. Well, we don't mess with the negative comments. You, you come in and you say one thing, you're out. Our moderators are awesome because we want to keep our eyes on each other. We're here to do some deep sacred work, not to be distracted by those that we aren't going to change their minds anyway. And it is not our calling to do so. We're not here to defend. We're not here to over explain. And we certainly are not going to debate. So we have boundaries and we use a different kind of conversation. So we are very much protecting the sacred space. But like I said earlier, the first thing that I knew I was going to be doing was using those comments. When people come in and push back at me, I use those comments as teaching moments to reinforce boundaries. So sometimes what I'm doing is when somebody's pushing back at me, I'm pushing back right back at them. And this apparently is controversial to them because if someone has spent their lifetime judging others through the lens of their religious beliefs, they feel that someone challenging on that, them on that is offensive. Because if we think about, especially in America, where we have very much had our governmental systems, uh, a lot of our support systems um, has been filtered through the Christian belief system. If someone's pushing back on that, then it feels like an attack. And it doesn't even have to be anything that's insulting, but just the pushback to them is offensive. So, however, what I have done is say things like, you are indoctrinated into a belief system that is homophobic. That telling someone that they are in a homophobic belief system rattles them. I can understand why that would be so, but it doesn't change the fact that that's exactly what it is. Because here's the surprise, my friends, you don't get to judge others and then be offended when you're judged for that judgment. I want to say it again. You don't get to judge others and then be offended when you're judged for that judgment. You can't have it both ways. This is a new world. Why is this a new world? Because we now know that more Americans now identify with being spiritual but not religious or unchurched than ever before. We have had a significant turn this year. We've been, we, we've been marching this way for eight decades, even longer, that pe the declining mem church membership has been happening. But you heard that right. America is no longer a religious nation. We are no longer a Christian nation. 
So there's a lot of things that are going to be changing because of that. It doesn't mean that we can't coexist and get along, but it also, but it doesn't mean that human rights should be suppressed because of one denominational religious belief. It means that human rights looks different across the board. And people who have been entrenched in fear-based theology all, all of a sudden are going to fear that this is what they see as end times. And if you believe in that, that's fine. I no longer believe in it, but that's not what it is. You've been taught to, to fear equal rights, but equal rights is not only the compassionate thing to do, it's the sacred thing to do. It should, be, it should be linked directly to our spirituality. So we should be using our voices for the common good, working for social justice and equity, and finding our spiritual path through our inner soul work. So if we're busy doing all of this, think how much better this nation could be. Instead, the, the tension rises when one group feels that they have the right to suppress others based on their religious beliefs. That is not religious freedom. That is religious oppression. And so I hope that as we move forward, we're moving forward under a banner of human rights always taking pre precedence over religious beliefs. Okay, I'll get off that soapbox. So whether or not you're taking a literal spin around the Bible, and literal just means everything that you re you're reading in the Bible is verbatim. This is exactly how it happens. I take, I don't do that. I'm inspired by the Bible. Uh, I read it historically in some ways, but also in spiral and mystically. So there's a diff, there are so many ways. And these, these aren't necessarily theological approaches, but there are many countless theological approaches to the Bible. But how do you read the Bible is very important because if you're reading the Bible to affirm your homophobic beliefs, then that's exactly what you're going to receive. But if you're open to reading the Bible to say, I can see how those scriptures would be mistranslated or could have been mistranslated, or I can see how those were taken out of context because I no longer want to be one of those that has my hands around the neck of the LGBTQIA plus community, then you will start to see a difference in the Bible. It's all about the choices we make and the beliefs that we want to stay firmly entrenched in. One thing that I have always asked people, and I still don't understand, and I asked this when even I was going to church, how is your spirituality enriched by keeping your hands around the neck of the LGBTQIA plus community? How is it enriched? What, where does this hyper-focus come, come from? I actually had somebody comment. <laughs> she said, we are not hyper-focused but it's, we talk about it a lot. And if you're going to post about it, we're going to butt in. I think she just explained what hyper-focused is. And she was admitting it, that that's exactly what it is. But no one has ever yet explained to me how that is enriching your spirituality. Don't you have enough to worry about? It certainly is a great distraction, isn't it? If you can say, hey, I spent three hours on the internet today, wielding a sword, judging people, but you did nothing to help here and your, your, your personal life is a wreck, then yeah, maybe congratulations to you that you really did something there, didn't you? Throwing down Leviticus 18.22 a couple of times and Romans 1, 26 and 27. Yeah, you really did it. Congratulations. And yet your life is just 
a mess because you refuse to do the inner work, which is really where spirituality begins. So I also will hear people say, I don't hate the LGBTQIA community, but okay. I'm just going to stop you there. This is another suggestion because whether you're trying to prove to us that you're not sexist, racist, or homophobic, anytime you start a sentence with, I don't hate X, but no one's going to believe you. No one's going to believe you that you're not sexist, racist, or homophobic. No one's going to believe you. I have heard those kinds of things my entire life. And I'm embarrassed to say that I probably have said that more than once when I was also indoctrinated into that belief system. Because you, you feel like you are the judge and jury over everyone because the way the scripture is delivered to you, you firmly believe that there's only one way to interpret scripture and it's a mandate for the entirety of humanity. And I don't believe that anymore. So anytime we put an exclusion on any sentence, first of all, it's a judgment. Secondly, it puts you in a place of power that you don't belong. No matter what your belief system, no matter what your church tells you, no matter what denomination you are, because let's face it, 30,000, 40,000 Christian denominations worldwide do not believe like you do. The reason why we have so many Christian denominations is because you all can't get along. Somebody decided a long time ago that their beliefs were better than this church's beliefs, so we're going to schism. And it still happens today. And what's one of, one of the biggest problems? the LGBTQIA plus community. It's not, we're talking about 5% of the population. 5% of the population. Has anybody ever stopped to think how ridiculous this is that you, you were holding on to this? Now, I don't want to get on a, it's very hard for me not to get on a soapbox. And I've done this several times because these comments are just coming through all the time that I am just so rude and I'm so disrespectful. I'm rude and disrespectful because I called out your homophobic beliefs. You're okay to say it. You're okay to sit in your, pu in your pews and listen to your preacher talk about other people going to hell and that they're a an abomination in front of God and they're distasteful and they'll be spewed out of their mouth. None of that is hateful to you, huh? No, that's the difference. The difference is you're conditioned to accept it because you see it as your religious beliefs. But when someone else pushes back, it's disrespect, disrespectful and rude. That's not the way we're playing it here. So the best thing that you can do is say, just stay off my platform because you'll either be used as an example or you'll be blocked. So don't waste your time. I'm sure you got supper to make, or maybe you got to get to church or something. I don't know, but it's, it's time to say bye. Not going to change because you think I'm disrespectful or rude. I'm not. The only people who have gotten insulting that go to the level of insults are the Christians who come back at me. I've been called a hag. I've been called the devil's daughter. I've been told that they're going to enjoy seeing me. Uh, they're that, that uh, they're going to enjoy watching me burn in hell. I don't know how you're going to do that, but I never asked because by that time I can tell things have gone off the rails that they wish that we had uh, witchcraft burning back. Those are the words of Christians coming back when I refuse to back down because they're used to being the, having the final word, but the final word hasn't made you victorious. It's made you the abuser. And that's why we have so many people leaving the church. Why the majority of Americans now identify as unchurched or spiritual, but not religious, because you can't see what you're, you're doing in the name of your religion. That is the antithesis of Jesus Christ. 
And that's heartbreaking. I need to get off this soapbox now. I want to talk about one other person that's also commenting because yes, you have the person who is not my follower, who just wants to see me silenced, but the person who's following me that says, do you have to be so disrespectful and rude when you respond to these people? Now I'm saying the same thing, but what, what's happening here that someone who is following me feels like they have, they have to gatekeep what I'm saying inside the comments. Well, this made me go down a road and I talk a little bit about this in the blog at revcarla.com. I actually looked at the definition of rude, like what that is. And the first thing I saw when I saw how varied the definition is, I'm never going to use this word because it's very subjective. And I can see how over the years it has been used to, to really demonize people. So I don't want to use it, but here's what I'm going to say to you. And I say this lovingly, my dear followers, I don't exist for your comfort. The work of an activist exists outside of all of our comfort zones. I have choices in my life that would take me far away from being a public figure who is taking the hits that I'm taking on behalf of the people that are marginalized and oppressed. But I make choices to show up to amplify the voices and to also expose the inhumanities that have been done in the name of religion. Those, that kind of work sits outside of our comfort zone, knowing that supper is gonna be on the table at a certain time, or you might get uncomfortable when you're reading through your social media and you just wanna be, you just wanna be entertained by the dancing duck and the kitten who's fallen asleep on someone's chest. Sure, that's fun, but your spirituality is rooted in activism. No one ever said that spirituality was going to be easy. If they did, they deceived you. The whole thing that happens sometimes with, with spirituality inside religion is that you just check out. Here, you give it to them and you, you follow this pattern on Sunday. You know what you're going to do. It's very predictable. And then you go back out into the world until the next Sunday and you put it back on. You put your spirituality back on like you do your sweater, your church sweater or whatever. And I'm not saying that's in, with all the cases, of course, but that, that's where that some of that comfort zone um comes from. But the truth is spirituality that was modeled under Jesus, under Jesus's ministry was uncomfortable. When he went to the people who were the outcast and the excluded, when he walked into that courtyard and turned over those money exchange tables, he knew what he was doing. And he was then the target on both sides, the Jewish people and the Roman soldiers, because he was disrupting a system. He didn't think about his comfort. So spirituality sits outside the areas of our comfort zone. So any discomfort around what I say is more about your inability to come out of your comfort zone. It could be part of your indoctrination into submissiveness and obedience that's part of your religious heritage. It could be an invitation to look at some deconstruction that you need to do. But understand this, our voices must be loud and our words clear in order to be a part of the healing 
this world so desperately needs, that is not being rude, my friends. That is being an activist, a sacred activist. And an activist's work is holy. When you're working for the good of the whole, it is truly holy. Change does not come out of our comfort zone. It lives on the outer edges. And that's where you're going to find me. And I hope that's where you will join me. So no, I will not be silenced. And I will not back down. Blessed be. Okay, beloveds, I'm honored to be in this space with you. And I pray you received something. I know I did because the teacher teaches what she needs to hear. And now, beloveds, go in peace and be at peace. Go in love and may you be loved. Go and know the, that others are on this journey with you and you are not alone. You are seen and deeply and unconditionally loved just the way you are. Sorry about that interruption. You know, this recording studio is, is not state-of-the-art. I'm sure that was a grandson calling me, but that's okay, right? Life happens. Blessings on your week, and I'll see you soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. Be sure to like and subscribe to Spirituality Matters wherever you listen to podcasts. You can watch the uncut version of today's episode on YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe to Rev Carla's channel for more videos. Submit questions for upcoming Q&A videos or topics of discussion to spiritualitymatters at revcarla.com. As always, follow at Rev Carla on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Pinterest for more spirituality teachings. Bye for now!